Welcome to Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever's On the Wing Podcast. Buckle up and ride shotgun as we cover everything you need to know about the uplands. The habitat. The hunting. And of course, your favorite bird dogs. Welcome back to Rooster Road Trip 2021, the Dakotas edition. And we jump right back in to our North Dakota podcast. And we're starting with um, a discussion about the second day in North Dakota with one of our chapter leaders. We're going to join right in progress and uh, jump right back in. Here you go. Uh, speaking of person that cares an awful lot about ha- good habitat, we sort of switched up um, the person leading the show for the day. Emily went to work on Monday. I did. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, Dr. Ben Gomont, the uh, president of the Cedar Creek chapter of Pheasants Forever and NDSU Extension Wildlife and Range Research Specialist, took over and guess where he decided that he wanted to take us to go hunting on Monday morning? Plotsland, brand new uh, planted Plotsland. Um, it looked how we ended on Sunday night. Um, lots of the same elements that existed where we started on Monday morning. A little bit different cover, but um, it, and I'm thinking about the kosha in particular. Yeah, you're, you're burying the lead, Bob. <laughs> the, you're you're, the you're absolutely burying the lead. No, it's the kosha. It's the kosha. The co- it was yeah. the kosha, and there was more kosha. Kosha is your nemesis. I, I, Outside of the kosha, there were lots of similarities. Yeah, no, it was it was another first-year planting. It was yep. super weedy. had tons of seed. And the, the kosha was so thick that... <laughs> the I, kosha. No, ben, ben made this comment. He goes, here's the deal. We're going to find birds. It's going to be a struggle to get to them, mm-hmm. but they're not going to want to leave this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we're just going to start pushing them around and we're just going to have to kind of circle them around the property and try and create different pinch points. <laughs> and, and he nailed it, but it was so, it was so thick that I saw Bob's dog go on point and it was a solid point. And then I could see the kosher like jiggle where the bird then started running away. And so your dog stayed steady as I'm watching the kosher like jiggle away, and it's it's up to my eyeballs. So like I'm just kind of like trying to read the the room underneath here, like okay, there's the dog, there's the there's the pheasant running away, and then finally your dog had enough of it and just took off after it. That bird never flushed. Like, oh really? No, no. And like so Ben and I are both looking at each other like. And how, <laughs> how many birds are we walking over? Then you have stories from like Marissa and Renee. Mm-hmm. They're like, I think I was climbing over it and my feet weren't even touching the ground mm-hmm. at one point. At least you could see over it. We couldn't. <laughs> or, yeah, thank you. I couldn't see my dog. I'm looking at my garment. I'm like, well, apparently Esky's on point in front of Andrew. I didn't see the moving kosher because I couldn't see over the kosher. But it was it was. It was another just epic field in yeah. terms of there were so many birds in there and they were all getting up wild, but it was just so fun to watch. And you know it's not going to translate like in the, in, the, right. in, the, in the video sense of things because there's not going to be able to pick that up from that far away with the lenses they're using. But just to like kind of stand there and know, okay, they're, you're, you're smarter than me right now. Like there's no way I'm, I'm, I'm getting close to you. Well, um, but eventually 
Ben was right. Like mm-hmm. we did kind of make a, a circle around this field and we eventually got to a point where you and Ben were no, yeah, yeah, you you took a hard right turn. <laughs> See this, I knew this was coming because you're right. All the people watch the video, and I'm nowhere to be found. Bob's gone, so I was he was gone. he wasn't in timeout. We didn't leave him in the truck. He just took a I hard right. I was on the right bottom of the he, hill. He followed, followed the, dog, the dog, which 99% of the time, yes, that's what you should do. We just have to sometimes ignore our own best advice in this hunt, these hunts, right? In particular, because I have no idea what happened other than all the firing. So yeah, you, you can take it from here. Play. What's the play-by-play? So I mean, I think the first shot rang out at eight sixteen. That was like right away, and then maybe an hour, hour and a half later, we had finally worked our way through this property and up a hill to the point where we were kind of all working in a line towards the one except of the, me. One of the corners. <laughs> you were down in, in a draw somewhere having fun, right. and it, it just it it felt like. It was it was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. You just as bird hunters just you, you know it when you see it, and it's like there's there's gonna be something here. Mm. And sure enough, Ben was hunting his two golden retrievers, um, Lola and Maggie, and they started getting all birdie. And it's like, okay, here we go. And we got closer and closer to the corner, and all of a sudden, a bird popped over by Renee and Marissa, and you guys dropped that, and then two popped up in front of Ben one went forward in front of him one went behind and we both without communicating somehow split and chose the different birds so we mm. we both were able to, to drop that um so that was a pretty fun way of just having it all come together and all culminating in one kind of big old flush and that's that's kind of how you draw it up when when you're pushing birds like that you have to have a hard edge to stop them mm-hmm. and that's that's something Emily told me as she was walking me up and down the creek for the 15th time the day before, <laughs> she's like, well, you have to push them to the creek because that's where they're going to flush. Mm-hmm. And she was also implying that I'm slow because she's like, you got to hustle up there because they're going <laughs> to flush once they hit that, that creek. Um, she's laughing because it's true. Um, so it, it all came together, and then we, we pivoted down, uh, I guess, we took a hard right after we kind of regrouped a little bit, and you came back to the group. <laughs> I and, did. and then and then we started walking in a line, but then you and Ben went off to the right. Yeah, but I was squeezed in between you and Ben. We so tried I, to corral you, yeah, like some like like we tried to like, on to we tried to keep you together because yeah. we we just wanted to be next to you, Bob. <laughs> um, but it it worked to your advantage. This it time. did. It did. Yep. Because uh, rooster flushed in front of the group to my left and um it was hit but it wasn't coming down and it it looked like a uh, a knuckleball that turned into a curveball <laughs> and i missed my first shot on the knuckler never could hit a knuckleball <laughs> um but i guessed right when it was gonna bank to the left and and um we had really cool video footage of that bird coming down so when I hit that, um, a bird also got up in front of Ben, like almost simultaneously, and he knocked down a rooster. So that, you know, clearly um, that that plots land was loaded too. And the two plots lands we've hunted on this trip have produ- produced um, the lion's share of the birds. I mean, we've seen a fair number of birds on all the properties, but the plots lands, first-year plots planted plots lands have been epic and and i don't use that lightly i mean they have been 
legit hashtag, you know, epic, at, right? Yep. I mean, I know you yep. guys are all grinning at me is <laughs> using the hashtag, but they, they have been loaded with, with birds. Yeah, it, it's it's not what I was expecting. Mm. Um, coming into this trip in North Dakota in particular, I was hoping that we'd scratch out some birds here and there. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't expecting, you're going to see more birds than you could imagine. The trick is just going to be pitting a few. Mm-hmm. Like that. that's not how I expected the North Dakota leg of, of this trip to go. And so it was, it, it was a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. And it just also goes to show that even when you encounter tons of birds it's never easy right and that's what keeps you coming back like it's it's such a a riddle or a puzzle that you're just trying to solve all the time and you're just trying to make it all come together for a a few of those magic moments and that's why it does mean so much you know when 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 bridger makes that that retrieve to you and the cattail slew like we we walked a ways to 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 make that happen Mm -hmm. at the end of of today and we'll definitely get there but it's those little magical moments like they're they're earned it, well, and they were earned in partly, they were earned because we were up r- r- very early. And knowing that the temperatures were going to rise, right? And we were up on spots both days, um, you know, maybe not half hour before sunrise, but, you know, at sunrise, we were out walking because we knew the temps were going to rise and was going to kick our dogs and us in out of the field um, by midday. And... Um, you know, while it was pleasant, maybe a little too warm. Um, yeah, our, our second hunt when we got out of the field, it was 77 degrees. Yeah. And that hunt in particular, the, the way that was set up, it was, is, it had a, a big body of water, and it, but it was surrounded by brome. But surrounding that was all harvested egg. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like this little oasis. And brome doesn't do a lot of good for anything. We, we understand that. So it was more of a let's hightail it through this, but get to the cattails mm-hmm. now pushing cattails when it's mid 70s is, right. is no one's dream and we're we're kind of looking at Ben like okay like well we know we've seen waves of birds come mm-hmm. out of cattails already which is kind of mind-boggling for like an early-ish October hunt <laughs> like that th- this <laughs> right. is like December behavior like the way right. I look at it but sure enough you know after busting through enough cattails at the very end just you know a ton of them explode mm-hmm. out the back and then that energizes everybody and gets the dogs going again. It's like, okay, I'm not here just dripping sweat for, for nothing. Right. Maybe we can make something come of this. And so we continue to kind of push them through the property. And at one point you, you got up way ahead and almost tried to serve as a blocker. <laughs> I, I, uh, I did. I, I separated from the group, but on purpose. It was strategic. <laughs> it, was, it was for the group because I, we win and lose as a team. Yeah, <laughs> I did try to get out in front. Um, but they gave us the slip. But although we did, Ben, ben, ben did, got one. Ben did bag one. So yep. um, he had a very productive morning. He yeah. and his two goldens. I mean, they're dialed in. He hunts every day. And he knows absolutely what he's doing. I love being in the field with people like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we're you've learned a lot. Yeah, we're jokingly calling him the the bird brainiac. Mm-hmm. No, he just lives and eats it. It's just it just pours out of him. So just being able to talk with him. Being able to talk with him as you walk through a field and you're hunting, it's like going from looking at a, a 2D map mm-hmm. to seeing things in 3D. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a totally different perspective. It, it makes you look look through the kosher and see what's underneath it. It's not just the sea of the stuff you have to walk through. It's like how it all works together. It, it, it makes you really understand it versus just kind of staring at, 
you know, something from the truck and be like, well, there's, there's some structure there. You know, we could probably mm-hmm. like follow that Creek. You know, that's, that's kind of 100 level stuff. He's, he's 300 level and maybe someday I'll, I'll, I'll be able to join that class before I flunk out. But it's just so cool to surround yourself with people like that. Well, and the other thing that's really neat is, you know, he's, he's super, um, animated and excited about bird hunting, right? He's got a family at home with three kids, yet he gives of his time as a chapter volunteer with you, Renee. Mm -hmm. I mean, he doesn't get paid. It's not part of his job. He just cares. And that bleeds through him. You know, he's wearing pheasants forever, everything, right? And he's a volunteer. And that's the heart and soul of an organization like like this. It truly is. And you have... Uh, you know, Ben's unique, but you have other Ben's here in North Dakota. A lot of Ben's. Yeah. Yeah, we are really privileged to have, well, I'm really biased, but the best volunteers, not in not only North Dakota, but just within Pheasants Forever. These these folks are bleeding blaze orange and wildflowers. I mean, mm. they're they're just incredible humans that care about what they're doing and I love seeing them take advantage of what they're creating as well. And that's, so Ben is president of the Cedar Creek chapter and every Saturday they have an, a, a standing date to hunt together every single Saturday, no matter yeah. what they go hunting together. And that's, that's what I love to see our volunteers doing is how frequent is that where chapters hunt together and have that sort of friendship not as much as i would like and i i push our volunteers to get out and enjoy what they're creating and to see it firsthand Mm. and to make those connections that we all cherish Mm. so much but it's a lot of hard work and not a lot of play i mean they're just so dedicated and uh, they do take advantage of the of the opportunities but I wish they would do it more. Yeah. In North Dakota, do most of the banquets occur in the fall connected to hunting season or are they in the spring? I'd say it's a it's still a pretty good split down the middle. Okay. Uh, pretty heavy in October and then pretty heavy in about March. Okay. So a lot of them do take place in October, though, taking advantage of the, the pheasant opener and the non-resident opener. Right. Okay. So... And you alluded to this, Andrew, we're only two miles from Emily's place um, where we ended the day. So we've hunted WMAs, we've hunted plots, we get the feds into the mix and we go hunt a waterfall protection area. And I'm guessing since it's two miles from you, Emily, you've spent a time or two chasing Bridger and Riggins around on this piece of property. Yes, you would be right. Uh, yeah, I've, of course, season hasn't been open for real long, mm-hmm. and I've been doing a little bit of traveling, but um, I've hunted that piece a couple times and shot several roosters and even a couple ducks out of it, mm. so it's been good to me. And it was good to you today. It was at the very end. I didn't think it was going to come through, but but we managed to get one rooster in the bag, so it was a good good note to end on. So I, Renee and Marissa and I were on the complete opposite side of the WPA. Yes, Andrew. <laughs> Insert joke here. <laughs> yeah, you, you beat me to it. It's fine. I, I, I saw – well, Renee and Quill were – heading towards a piece of property and we all sort of came to agreement that that looked pretty good down at the bottom of that slope so so we 
went that direction and you guys went the other direction towards the cattails, which um, I do try to avoid cattails. Oh, I do not. <laughs> I do not enjoy walking cattails at all. <laughs> so what happened? Talk, walk us through the bird and the cattails. Well, we walked a lot of cattails. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's, you know, walking those new grass plantings that you've been on a couple of them mm-hmm. now, they're weedy and they're kind of tough to fight through, especially with the kosher. Um, but I would take one of those every day over a bunch of cattails. Ah, mm. uh, I just can't get, can't get that into it, but they do hold birds. Mm-hmm. Um, so towards the end of mine and Andrew's walk, uh, it, it finally did pay off. A pair of pheasants got up in front of us, a rooster and a hen, and I was able to drop the rooster. And it was one of those moments where, um, you know, I was just extra thankful to have a dog in the field with me because I knew I knew that the bird, I had hit him pretty good, mm. and I knew he was down. Um, but when I walked up there, I couldn't see the bird. He mm. had, he was under some matted down cattails and Bridger bounced over to where I was at and he found it within 10 seconds, you know, just mm. rooted around underneath the cattails and dug him out of there. But, you know, if I didn't have a dog with me, I wouldn't have likely been able to recover that bird. And so it's just one of those moments where you're a little extra thankful for mm-hmm. that little wet spaniel down at your feet. <laughs> Bridger is cute as a button. Little but mighty legs. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I I can smell. I'm extra thankful right now because I can smell that rooster mm-hmm. being cooked. Yeah. Because it's it's wafty. Can you get you smell that, Andrew? Oh yeah. I'm I'm, I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Race to the end of the episode so we can eat. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it does smell uh, uh, very good. We have no idea how it's being prepared, but it smells wonderful. I know Logan's in there rattling around the pot and pan. I've I've faith in him. <laughs> and we have we have Skater. The how old is Skater? Eleven weeks. Eleven week old, uh, field bred English cocker spaniel. Yep. Um, the newest edition. Mm-hmm. And uh, and. <laughs> <laughs> He heard his name. He's, he's made an appearance. He's now he's uh, now attacking he, Bob. He's uh, <laughs> he is adorable. Yeah. Yeah. I was telling Andrew earlier, you know, all puppies are cute, but Cocker Spaniel puppies, English Cocker Spaniel puppies. Oh my gosh. Just I so can't happy. take it. They're so happy. I told Andrew earlier, you know, my favorite thing about Bridger, um, they just have so much character and so happy all the time. Bridger makes me laugh out loud every single day. Mm. And like living here in the middle of nowhere by myself, that's pretty important and uh so he's just and and on top of that you know the way he busts through cattails and roots those roosters out of there i mean it's just more than i could ask for that's awesome north dakota is more than i could ask for it it (laughs) exceeded my expectations for sure Mm -hmm. i mean i was worried i I like we joked about in the intro Mm -hmm. podcast it's like i thought that the the, the drought in the Dakotas, that might be the theme of it because it's just going to be a struggle right. bussing around. You know, right, and the reality the Dakotas. is we didn't have, you know, Emily and Renee and, and, and Ben, you know, they weren't scouting weeks and months in advance for road trip to come here. I mean, it was like, hey, we're coming. You got any thoughts on where we should, you know, focus some efforts? 
and it all aligned and there were there were birds every single place we stopped um before i ask everybody go around the horn for final thoughts i want to um thank all of our rooster road trip sponsors uh browning uh, supplying all the firearms and uh, clothing for rooster road trip once again <clears throat> excuse me once again this year thoroughgood boots sound gear hearing protection Rufflin Kennels, Federal Premium Ammunition, Garmin Electronic Dog Training Systems. In addition to our Rooster Road Trip partners, I want to make special mention of South Dakota Department of Tourism and South Dakota Game Fish and Parks, national partners of the organization and sponsors of On the Wing Podcast. There's still time to plan your South Dakota adventure in pheasant hunting heaven. Find places to stay and season information at huntthegreatest.com. We're on our way to South Dakota next. And then Apple Autos, for how we're getting there, supplying the Ford F-150 Rooster Road Trip truck. Um, who wants to go first? Who wants to go with a uh, closing thought can you do nose goes? I want Andrew to go. He's always got good answers. Oh, no. Okay. And now you're putting me on the spot. Um, I guess this just goes to show that don't let forecasts or mm. any preconceived notions ever stop you from getting out there. Right. On. If you have an opportunity to get in the field, just go for it. Mm-hmm. What's the worst that's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Oh, you spent a day walking through the uplands. That That's a pretty good day, no matter what. Um, so this just goes to show that you, you shouldn't be scared of, you know, what you think might not be there. Go discover for yourself because you're going to find something either way, whether it's a bird or, or, or something more deep, you know, you'll find something. Um, and I guess an, another thing I just want to say is thank you so much, Renee. And thank you so much, Emily. Um, you guys have been beyond phenomenal hosts uh just letting the 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 traveling circus roll into town and (laughs) and putting up with all of our our quirks and personalities and just being so authentically passionate Mm -hmm. about our mission and about upland hunting in general um it's been an absolute treat to be able to spend some time in the field with both of you like it's yeah. That, and that's that's what I love about the road trip. And mm-hmm. uh, em, Emily and I were kind of talking our way through that last field because we had some some barren spots to get between, mm-hmm. you know, the cattails and the, the good-looking grassy spots. And she was kind of asking me about, you know, what's your favorite road trip memory and things mm-hmm. like that. And I think one of my answers was just, like, the connections you make. Mm-hmm. And, and she had a, r- a really good comment about connections between hunters. Do you want, you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, so I I just mentioned that, you know, I think it's pretty unique to hunting where, and Bob, I think you and I have talked about this, where you can go from meeting someone mm-hmm. to a couple hours later, you've got lifelong memories with them. Right on. Yeah, you've done some two incredible podcasts, which I should have mentioned at the outset. Um, you talked about mentoring, uh, was it 10 um, uplanders in a year. Well, in the first so episode. yeah, so ten ten hunters just pursuing new things, yeah. basically. So some of them brand new to hunting, and then others new to hunting a certain species type of animal. Um, so just trying to help people just 
experience and appreciate as much as possible and, and share the things that I love with as many people as I can. And we did a really fun uh, podcast uh, earlier. Well, I guess it was probably midsummer with uh, Instagram handle Nuclear Flower. Yeah. Uh, Riley. And this was your idea as well. Um, a young lady from California who moved to Alaska, took up hunting and has hunted chucker and ptarmigan and spruces and mountain quail and now yeah. you're going to alaska i am yes <laughs> i am uh i'm gonna go hunt some ptarmigan with riley so That's i'm awesome. looking forward to it very fun um <laughs> you got, we got the puppies, puppies stealing podcast equipment <laughs> he's got foam, oh, foam in his mouth it's okay oh <laughs> puppy things you well, know i'll i'll let you have the final thought renee as i um uh, uh, one thing that i think about is so many people come to north dakota for the duck hunting right they mm-hmm. they come to devil's lake area or kind of the prairie pothole side in north dakota on the eastern side <clears throat> and they have i think it, well at least i did and a lot of folks i think have image of north dakota like beautiful wetlands sort of flat um but when you head west when you cross that missouri river in north dakota the world changes and i think about painted canyon and the little missouri grasslands and the teddy roosevelt and um, just some of the sharp tail hunting i've done out this direction in september north dakota is way way underrated from just a picturesque perspective it's just the buttes in the rolling hills uh, particularly west of the missouri is just gorgeous that's something that you know folks haven't ever come out this way whether it's as a tourist or even better as a bird hunter there are lots of opportunities out west that's so so that's my closing thought in north dakota what what about you renee what's your final thought rooster road trip north dakota edition i think you're absolutely right that north dakota is a hidden gem and there's a big part of me that wants to keep it our secret but that's no fun for everyone so yeah there's a lot to enjoy in north dakota and to just catch your breath out here Mm. and i i think kind of the theme through andrew's uh, just our our conversations and what Andrew was saying earlier in, in the podcast yesterday, I just keep thinking that people just need to get out there, whether you're in North Dakota or not, but mm. just to get out and enjoy the grasslands and our uplands and our green spaces for a number of reasons. One is to appreciate what we're all working so hard for, our volunteers, right. our members, what we're pouring our heart and sweat into enjoy it appreciate it it rekindles your fire to work a little bit harder and also just (laughs) creates those memories that you don't get anywhere else and it's it's a really beautiful thing to just get out there and be reminded of why we're doing what we're doing and to do some ground truthing while you're at it to see where we can do better and what we need out on the landscape and we need as many folks as we can get helping out our cause and helping out our birds and our critters so 
Just get out there, follow the dog. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, allowed to follow the go- dog again. Listen. <laughs> you know, I think... That we ship cr- has sailed. You've already done it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Everybody's both barrels opening up on me now. <laughs> well, I am going to follow the dog. Uh, we're going to follow the dog to South Dakota. <laughs> and I, you, you used the word ground, ground truthing. So I think two episodes in a row, we've created words. Which that's... I feel like that might be a thing. <laughs> that might actually be yeah. a word already? Or oh, yeah. or we're going to create words on the No, on the I pocket. think ground truth thing. Well, I don't... Well, I've been we're known to make up a again, lot of things. Again, fact check us on the, to- on the fly. Mm-hmm. Episodic. <laughs> no, ground truth. Hey, I'm, I'm let not us know. criticizing. I think we should create words all the time on the podcast. What the heck? Mm-hmm. Ground, we're going to go do some more ground truth thing. <laughs> Easy for me to say. Um, in South Dakota. Um, but thank you, Al Echo, Andrew, Emily, Renee, and uh, and Ben, who's not with us um, on this episode. Thank you, all three of you, for um, um, rolling out the orange carpet in North Dakota for, for Rooster Road Trip. It's been a really, really enjoyable time. Um, uh, beautiful weather, a little warm, but absolutely gorgeous blue skies and sunrises, sunsets, and, and almost a full moon. But this is just the the first part of our four-part series. Um, So if people want to go to roosterroadtrip.org, you'll be able to right now actually see the video uh, that can accompany some of the the stories we've been trying to to relay to you. And it's been kind of a fun game of memory here. Um, But so go to roosterroadtrip.org, check out the videos. You'll see the photo galleries. Um, You can sign up to win a Browning Maxis II uh, shotgun and also you can you can join renew or extend your membership because um, everything Re- Renee said is absolutely true uh, we we need more people to mm-hmm. not only get out there and, and explore it and appreciate it but we also need more people to be advocates for it we need and more we need, ground we, yes we need more people to to help us create more habitat create more of these open publicly accessible places yeah. um, so get there enjoy the content do a little good Hell pheasants forever, and then we'll all come up winners. Yeah, well said. Roosterroadtrip.org for Emily Spoyer, for Renee Tamala, and for Andrew Vavra. I'm Bob St. Pierre reminding you, well, first of all, come back, roosterroadtrip.org. We'll have more episodes from South Dakota. But then I'm going to go follow the dog because something good will rise. Maybe it won't be on camera. <laughs> Maybe it won't be close where anybody else can see it, but something good will rise. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> listening, everybody. <clears throat>